0: And we're back on the fourth episode of Grace Radio. Elise is going to be an absolute cracker of a lineup. What do we have today?
1: We have a whole lot in store for today. We have St. snippet, um, Margaret of Scotland, and a special guest talking.
0: Oh, who is our special guest?
1: we have to wait and see.
0: Oh, very, very special indeed. We're also going to be talking about happiness and what makes us happy. We're looking at Christmas music and has it gone too far? But to start things off, we have a prayer by one of our younger parishioners, Liam, who is praying for us in Latin.
2: In nome Patris et Fili et Spirito Sancte, Amen. Pate noster, qui in cellis sanctificetum nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cello et in terra, panem nostrum. Quotidianum, da nobis hodier, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et nenos inducas in tentationem, sed liberanos amalo, amen.
0: This past week we have celebrated NIDOC week. NIDOC stands for the National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee. It is origins can be traced back to the emergence of Aboriginal groups in the 1920s, which sought to increase awareness in the wider community of the status and treatment of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Megan, could you please tell us more about Week?
3: Thank you, Dan. So as you mentioned earlier, NIDOC Week celebrations are held across Australia every year to celebrate the history, culture and achievements of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. NIDOC is celebrated not only in Indigenous communities but by Australians from all walks of life. It is a great opportunity to participate in a range of activities and to support your local Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. As mentioned earlier, NIDOC originally stood for National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee. This committee was once responsible for organising national activities during NIDOC week and its acronym has since become the name of the week itself.
4: The NIDOC 2020 theme, Always Was, Always Will Be, recognises that First Nations people have occupied and cared for this continent for over 65,000 years, and is an opportunity for all Australians to come together to celebrate the rich history, diverse cultures and achievements of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the oldest continuing cultures on this planet. Always Was, Always Will Be acknowledges this nation's story began at the dawn of time and didn't begin with documented European contact. NIDOC 2020 invites all Australians to embrace and acknowledge the true history of this country, a history which dates back thousands of generations.
0: Just as the band Powderfinger once said, my happiness is slowly creeping back. Now you're at home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Happiness is something we all strive to achieve and attain. Uh, Lewis, what makes you happy?
4: Well, you mentioned, uh, I believe, what was it? Battlefinger? Music, I would have to say, Battlefinger, yes. Music makes me happy um, when I'm stressed or feeling down. You can always rely on a good, good Beethoven symphony. <laughs> That's a really to make you feel happy again.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. It's a classical music as well. I must admit, I don't listen to much, but it does have that uplifting uh, quality. Uh, Definitely. Happiness is something, like I said, we all want to aim towards. A lot of studies find that happiness, not only does it make your life more enjoyable, it actually leads to a longer life as well. So there was, this, there was a study in 2008 conducted uh, on 35 longitudinal studies. Basically, they found that the more happy people are, the longer that they live. Right. So not only being happy makes your life better, but it makes it longer as well. Now, happiness is an interesting thing to try to achieve. Some people might say, Oh, okay, well, my life is bad because X, Y, Z. It's all the things that have been put on me, I can't control it. What's really interesting is that they've found that happiness has a genetic factor. So about fifty percent of it is inbuilt into you. You know that super bubbly happy person you always meet and they suppose that I suppose that really sad, mopey person all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Half of that is genetic. And so there is a bit of a lottery factor. But they find that 40% of it is intentional. You can actually trick yourself into being happy.
4: I see. I see. So I'm, I'm assuming this is something to do with the the brain, tricking the brain, to thinking you're happy.
0: Yeah, essentially. So what happens is that, just how, like, when you feel certain ways, your body will act in certain ways. So, for example, when you are quite scared, you'll naturally go more, uh, like, you get the goosebumps effect. Right, right
4: yeah.
0: Your brain tricks your body or affects your body in the same way that you can convince your body to feel a certain way by thinking in certain attitudes. And so what they found is that one of the easiest ways to do that is to give thanks. So there were three major studies performed uh, by Van Houten, and basically they found that, the more gratitude that you show towards a thing, the happier you find yourself because it's basically thinking of past happiness and tricking your body to think that past happiness is current, present happiness and your see, body can't tell I the see. difference. And so what I'd recommend to the listeners at home is unless you're driving or you currently don't have anything around you, uh, I'd recommend grabbing yourself a piece of paper or a phone or something and just writing down a list of things that you are grateful for. i I guarantee, I don't guarantee, but I almost guarantee that when you get to the end of this list and you think really carefully about it, you will feel better than you did before. Try doing something like this every day, and who knows just how long and happy your life can be.
5: Daniel, Elise, Lewis. A couple weeks back, just after an Antioch meeting, went over to Carlingford Court or wandering the aisles. Woolworths, I believe someone was grabbing a garlic and cheese scrolls at the time, and I looked down upon the baked goods in front of me, and there I saw, in all its glory, mince pies. Now, mince pies, I'm a big fan. Foster's, big fan of mince pies. Mum and Rachel, big fans of mince pies. Uh, But there was one thing that was just sort of niggling me in the back of my mind, and it was the fact... Ladies and gentlemen, Christmas, the Christmas traditions have begun. As soon, I think it was even before before the Halloween stuff came up, before the spooky pumpkins, or was it around the same time? But Halloween, the Christmas tree ornaments were out, and I'm just going, guys, it's a bit early. Too early. Too early? Far too early. Far too early. I mean, particularly before, before Halloween. That's rough. That's rough. I don't want to spend... Two months looking at, you know, Christmas forms. Not to say, I don't love me some Christmas. I love me some Christmas. Dan, you like you some Christmas? I love me some Christmas. You love it's you the some Christmas? It's most
0: wonderful time of the year. Of course I love me some Christmas.
5: Indeed, I hear that's true. I hear it is the most lovely time of the year.
0: Where do you hear that being true though, Jack?
5: Where do I hear it? Christmas songs. Now, actually that's a good point, Dan. I'm glad you've raised that. Because when is it? When, when are you allowed to start listening to Christmas songs? Because I I know I've got a friend who listens to this one Michael Bublé Christmas song, you know, time and time again throughout the year. If it's a good song, I can respect that, you know, but at the same time, you know, maybe just hold off for a bit, okay? Maybe save that towards the end of the year. But when should he start listening to that Michael Bublé song, Dan? When should he start listening?
0: That is an interesting question there. Uh, I like to think of Christmas uh, a bit like snow falling. So... You don't want Christmas to just come all at once. You don't want it to just be a massive downpour of snow.
5: That that would be an avalanche, if I'm not mistaken. That would be an avalanche. I hate avalanches. You don't
0: want an avalanche of Christmas. Not a fan. What you want instead is it to be slowly sprinkled into the music. So you have really normal songs, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you hear just, you know, a classic Christmas song instead. Now, not, not like classic classic. We save Silent Night for December 24th. But you yeah, know, November 24th, you can have some Jingle Ball Rock. That's okay. Every now and then. And as it approaches, as the festivities increase, the music increases as well. Until eventually, all you hear, all you hear is Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. That's how you know Christmas has truly begun.
4: See, I, I would agree. I would agree with you, Daniel. We want a, a slow build-up of Christmas carols, slow build-up of the intensity before uh, Christmas Eve. Um, for me personally, I would say that would have to be the start of Advent. I believe it's, I'm told it's the 29th of November, the start of Advent. So I reckon 29 November, you start start with the slow, the nice, quiet Christmas carols and then you gradually increase the decibels until you get to Christmas Day. I'm not sure about my, Mar- Mar- what's her name? Mariah Carey. <laughs> but yeah, that person. I'm not sure about her. Okay, um, Okay, but <laughs> on the
1: topic of living longer and healthier, Christmas music can actually help relieve stress <laughs> and reduce pain. So... Um, I think we should be starting playing Christmas music probably from like the start of November.
4: Oh yes, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I agree. Play Christmas carols, play Christmas music, uh, whenever you want. Um, but listen to it. Listen to it. I have to say, start of start of Advent,
5: play it. That don't listen to Christmas music. I'm slightly confused there. Do you mean plug your earphones in to your phone, play the Christmas carols, and then take your earphones out and just let it play without
4: actually listening to it? When I said play, I didn't I didn't mean press the, the button on the the C D player play. And put your headphones down or whatever. I, I meant play as in practice. I mean there's a few there's a few people who practice Christmas carols. Practice up, practice your violin. Uh, get the the brass out, practice for Midnight Mass. Say hello to your play. cello. <laughs> yes, cello, of course. Um, <laughs> by all means, play, practice. But listen, save it to start of it.
0: I think ultimately, so it sounds like what we should be doing is we should listen to enough Christmas music so it starts to relieve some of our pain. But, you know, if you start playing it from July, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to find it more painful. So let's try and find that nice balance between some Christmas music And all the Christmas music. At the end of the day, whatever makes you happy, if it's music, if it's Christmas music, you listen to it. Now, the shops perhaps don't have to play it 24-7, but in your company, of your friends, or in your own home, you can sing as much Christmas music as you want. Continuing to look at the Fratelli Tutti, the Pope's encyclical he released recently... Uh, we are going to be starting by looking at chapter 6, which is about dialogue and friendship. So with dialogue and friendship in society, the Pope talks about the art of the encounter with everyone. So everybody has something that they know better than you do. Every single person has an air of expertise, so to speak, something that you may never know that they know unless you authentically try to have a conversation and a relationship with them. So to quote directly... Each of us can learn something from others. No one is useless, and no one is expendable. The Pope's reference to the miracle of kindness, an attitude recovered because it is a star shining in the midst of darkness, and frees us from the cruelty, anxiety, and frantic flurry of activity. Ultimately, by treating people with their inherent dignity, and noting that they do have worth, just simply because they are children of God, but furthermore, that they know something that you ultimately don't, we can instead work together
4: to bring a better world. So chapter 8 of Fratelli Tutti is called Religions at the Service of Fraternity in Our World. Uh, Pope Francis talks of religions more generally uh, and makes the case that religions are important in society in uh, defending justice, social justice, and building fraternity in the world. He says, we're all brothers and sisters, everyone, religious or not, no matter our values. A reason that all religions connect together is because we share values, uh, we seek truth and peace, and he says the church in particular, because it's been with us throughout the years, um, can talk from experience uh, of the beauty of universal love. Pope Francis then talks to us as Catholics and says, "Well, reminds us of Mother Mary, who cared not just for Jesus, but also for all of us, because we are all children of God, um, brothers and sisters. Uh, He then ends up by saying the journey of peace is possible between religions. We're all in this together. Um, And God does not see with his eyes, but rather with his heart. So he calls all of us to love each other as brothers and sisters, no matter what religion or race or gender. Uh, He says we're all called to be artisans of peace um, by uniting, not dividing, and not building walls.
3: Hey, Jack and Dan. So our two contestants are going to be fighting a big battle to see who is more knowledgeable on the topic of... Drum roll please. You guessed it folks, our one and only lovely Bible. In this segment, we're going to be going through a quiz to do with the Bible, which will consist of true and false and multiple choice questions. All right, then let's begin with our very first question. True or false?
0: True, (laughs) false.
3: (laughs) I love the enthusiasm guys. Love it, but let me get to the question first, please. Question 1, true or false. The Bible is the second best-selling book in the world, only being beaten by Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone.
0: Well, obviously that has to be false because The Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone wasn't even like the best one, right? So why would like the third best one be the best seller? That just doesn't make any sense. Also, the Bible's pretty popular, I reckon. So, with that, I'm going to lock in false. Final answer, ready.
5: Well, I've been thinking about how long each of the books have been around for. So, Philosopher's Stone, or for you American listeners out there, <laughs> The Sorcerer's Stone, uh, that's been around for 20-so twen- years. But the Bible, that's been around for at least 32. So I'm going to have to lock in, purely based on the time that it's been around, the Bible. I mean, true. Just to get this straight. (laughs) I think the Bible... Oh, wait. Wait, what was the question?
3: (laughs) The question was, true or false, the Bible is the second best-selling book in the world only being beaten by Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone.
5: Yeah, nah, that's false. Bible's way up there. Bible's tops.
3: Well, loving loving the attitude, guys, and both of you are... ding, ding! Correct! Yes! Yes. Indeed, the Bible is the best-selling book in the world according to the Guinness World Records, having sold over five trillion copies. Now let's move on to our second question. This one is a multiple choice one, folks. Which country publishes the most Bibles? Is it A, Ireland, B, China, C, Italy, or D, India?
0: Well, I mean, obviously it has to be E, Vatican City. Uh, there are no other further answers. Uh, I will not accept any other answer. Obviously, Vatican City, the really small place that has any population, that's where the Pope lives, and therefore it must be the most. Final answer, lock it in, Eddie.
3: Our contestant has added in a new option, um, which I'm guessing you folks already know is going to be wrong. But let's go to our other contestant, see if he can give us the correct answer.
5: Well, I'm just thinking of my past experience of the hotel rooms. So when I enter a hotel room, well, first, go got to check out, you know, just feel out the room, check out the situation. Then you know I'm going straight to that fridge, checking out what goodies inside. Is there any bickies there? You know I'm opening Then up real quick. And then I head over to the dresser, to the bedside table, pull it open. What do I find? Bible. Open that up. What do I find? Text. What does that text say? Made in China. I'm locking in B, China.
3: China, interesting choice. Well, do you guys want to know the answer? Yes. It is B. You're right, Jack. It is B, China. So this may come as a surprise to you folks, but China is the largest producer of Bibles in the world and they have been since 2009. And they export to over 70 different countries and they've distributed over 160 million Bibles as of 2017. And the number of which is going to definitely continue to rise. All right, then. So let's move on to the third question. And this one has to do with the verses in the Bible. And the question is, what is the shortest verse in the Bible? And it's multiple choice. Is it A, Jesus wept? B, the sun rose? C, what is love? Or D, love thy neighbour.
0: Okay. Um, I did know the first two. Uh, I don't actually know this one. Um, just by the fact that the f- Jesus wept has two words in it, I'm going to assume that that may be the case, but I honestly don't really know. Um, yeah, I'll go with Jesus wept. Why not? It's probably a trick, but I'll try it anyway. Jesus wept.
3: All right, so locking in answer A then. All right, over to you, Jack.
5: I'm tempted to knock in Jesus... Oh, wept. Okay, not slept. Um, I oof, Considering love thy neighbor is such a prominent, I believe it's, you know, there's like those top two commandments. I believe love thy neighbor is the second one up there with the first one, which is God's God. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to lock in that one, which was love thy neighbor, which I believe was D.
3: Sorry, right, do you guys want to know what the answer is? Yes, please. All right. Sorry, Jack, congrats Dan, the answer is indeed A, Jesus wept. And this comes from John verse 11, chapter 35, which simply states, Jesus wept. All right then, now let's move on to money, money, money. So as we all know, the Bible is indeed priceless, but, Do you guys happen to know how much the most expensive Bible in the world costs? So, another multiple choice question, and we have four options. Is it A, 1.3 million, B, 550,000, C, 5.4 million, or D, 3.2 million? And, And these are all in US dollars.
2: Well,
0: the most expensive Bible, it could either be because it's either incredibly ancient and has sort of historical or that kind of value, or it could be the fact that it's just absolutely cased in gold and jewels and whatnot. Um, That being said, that doesn't help very much with the answer. Uh, Let's... You know what? The Bible, you're right, is priceless, and so let's pick the highest value one there because that seems like the wrong choice, but I want to do it anyway. Um... Let's go for the uh oh, five point four, was it the highest? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let's go for that one. Okay. Right. So we'll go locking in C.
3: Locking in C, five point four million. Okay. Now over to you, Jack.
5: Now I can't say my thought process was at, as methodic. Methodic, that's a nice word. As dance. <laughs> um, but likewise I'm gonna also lock in C for five point four million.
3: Alright then folks, both both our contestants have locked in C and they are both right! Ding 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 ding! Yes! Indeed! We
0: shall succeed! The Gutenberg
3: Bible, which was the first edition to be produced with a movable type printer in the 1450s, was sold to a Japanese bookseller for a whopping $5.4 million, and to this day it holds the record for the most expensive Bible ever sold moving on to the next question so as we all know some of the ancient people from the old testament they really knew how to live long lives right but how old was the oldest man in the bible is it a 531 years b 871 years c 822 years
5: or D 969 years Now I know for a fact that Jesus is the oldest man who has mentioned the Bible as he's still with us today and because nine, I believe D was the highest because that's closest to 2020 I'm going to lock in D it was Jesus
0: So um Look, I'm gonna be honest. I thought it was a. I thought before I heard this question it was about 240. Uh, so my my numbers are off apparently. Uh, option B, I think, was 870 something, uh, and that's because seven is a really, a really important number in the Bible. It's you know the number of days of creation. It's God's number and all that. And uh, yeah, so let's just go with that one. Hey, lock in B. B.
3: Yep, so essentially Jack's locked in D for 969 years, and Dan here is locked in B for 871. And the answer is D, folks. (laughs) One thing I would like to clarify, though, is according to the Bible, Methuselah is the longest living man, as he died at the age of 969 years old. He's mentioned in the book of Genesis and his story is important because it basically links Adam and Noah together. So excellent logic, interesting choices, but according to the Bible, it's Methuselah, who was the longest living man. Now on to our final question, folks. So as we all know, genius takes time. But the question is, how long did it take to write the Old Testament? So, this is a multiple choice question, and the options are A. 200 years, B. 500 years, C. 100 years, or D. 1,500 years. So, just repeating the question again How long did it take to write the Old Testament? Is it A. 200 years, B. 500 years c 100 years or d 1500 years
5: now i wrote a cartoon once <laughs> and that i still haven't finished so i know how long writing a book can be um i'm now i know they get real tricky with the bible because they go oh we started this time and went to this time now i know it's long but D, that was awfully long, was it 1,500?
3: Yes. I mean, we have oh. a lot of other estimates that are indeed long, but not as long.
5: Okay, so, yeah. and what, what estimates are those uh, around? <laughs> um, yeah,
3: so of course, um, it was 200, 500, or 100 years.
5: Okay, I'm going to lock in B for 500.
3: All right, so locked in B, 500, let's see what Dan has to say
0: okay so as much as i'd like to give a funny answer right now the the book the old testament was like a genealogy of the jewish people so it went over like thousands of years because uh, it like the first few books are uh moses and well, obviously genesis and whatnot so that's a long time uh but moses wrote that them down and then he died and then there was joshua and then they started the whole uh temp they had built the temple and then they got taken away to slavery and then they came back again it was there was a There was a lot of stuff that went on i had kings and judges um 1500 it took a very long time to put everything together to my knowledge
3: oh interesting interesting response so you've locked in 1500 years d and the answer is indeed it is d 1500 years good job dan good job so yes just as you mentioned it does um, take a look at the genealogy of the Jewish people and it was written by many many different people over a long period of time hence the 1,500 years So even though this quiz may have felt like 1,500 years long to you guys I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much to our two contestants Dan and Jack Woo-hoo. Thank you, Thank
6: you, absolutely. Thank you.
5: Now, listener, today we're joined by two very special guests, both fashionistas, both with their own matching sunglasses, very nice, sort of white frames, dark lenses, very nice. Today we're joined by Gabby and Danica. How are
2: we? I'm fantastic. Uh, same. <laughs> same. You're also fantastic? Yeah.
5: Well, that is great to hear. <laughs> so Gabby and Danica are two of our younger parishioners, uh, first of all. Gabby, I have to admit, you've got a very nice hat on today.
2: I got it from IKEA.
5: IKEA? Well, now, is that because I do know you have two? Is that the homemade one or is that the um, bought one? This
2: is the one I bought. The one
5: you bought? Yeah. Okay. And how much is that?
2: $350.
5: $350. Well, listen, if you are in need of a cheap hat. Oh,
2: Danica is yet to buy a matching hat.
5: Yet to buy it? Well, yeah, perhaps I'm we'll get. We'll have, we'll have to get you both in again once you have yeah. matching hats and yes. whatnot. Okay, well. Danica and Gabby are both they both attend Kana, which is one of the groups in our parish. Gabby Danica, what what is Kana?
6: It's a youth group.
5: <laughs> cool that is so <laughs> sick. That's it.
2: Is that is that it?
5: It's just a youth group
2: We play lots of games play and games. we pray. And we bring up social justice issues. That's pretty deep. That's pretty I know. deep.
5: So what what do you guys enjoy about Kana?
2: It's really fun, <laughs> and um, you get to see your friends every Friday. Yeah, and play games together as friends.
5: That's pretty chill. Sure. That's pretty chill. Sure. Well, is it good because this is the as we're recording this is the first Kana back face to face. So how long is it?
2: It's very fun. Very but fun. it's also very stressful because um, I'm used to being at home and just falling into bed, but now I can't do that. But it's still fun.
5: still fun. Yeah. How about
2: you, Danica? Um, well, you get to, like, um meet some new people that, like, you normally don't get to go to school with. So, like, that's fun to meet new people sometimes, yeah.
5: Danica... Gaby, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on
2: the podcast. Thank
6: you very much for coming. Thank you. I'm really cool. Yeah. Yo, what's up, guys? It's your favourite broadcaster, Jack, with Augustine and Vincent here. So today, our topic is favourite chocolate bars.
5: Cadbury. Vincent, Augustine, that was an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. Uh, Yes, as Vincent said... I'm Jack, I'm joined here today by Vincent Augustine, two of our younger parishioners, and what are we here today to talk about again? Chocolates! Sure, sure. So here we are, talking about which one of the Cadbury favourites is indeed our favourite. Me, myself, I'm a boost man. I'm a boost man. You know, it's got that nice chocolatey outside, it's got Energizer. caramel salad, yeah, 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 it's got a couple of nuts on the inside as well. It's just, it's a nice range of everything, you know, a little variety of textures. It's just a bit of crunch, a bit of softness, a bit of chew. I've got just, no complaints about it.
6: So it's okay. like caramel, you know?
5: Yeah, caramel. That's a big, big plus. If, yes. if
7: you like that so much, what's your least favorite?
5: Least favorite. Oof. Uh, least favorite. Looking in this. Oh, that's right. The dream. The dream. The white chocolate. What? It's not even dream. actual chocolate. You're legit. It's You're a legit a in chocolate. the
6: clouds. You, you, you savor that yummy white chocolate, and it, it just gives you that sensation of how delicate the <laughs> white chocolate is.
5: But it, but it's not made of actual cocoa beans. Dark chocolate's made of cocoa beans. Milk chocolate's made of cocoa beans. White chocolate's some artificial. Hold
7: anyhow, on, hold on. <laughs> dark chocolate. Are you talking about old gold? Is good
5: too. I mean, me personally, I'm a fan of old gold.
6: Oh. Oh, no. Old gold. Oh.
5: We we both like, hate it.
6: It tastes like garbage. Oh, garbage. It makes your eyes squint. It
5: it's it's slightly Steve. it's slightly bitter. It's great. It's great. Yeah, it's bitter. That's
6: that's that's why. Not the key to success. Okay, <laughs> even dream is better than old gold. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about, Jack.
5: <sighs> okay, well, what's what's it's your favorite?
6: Okay, it's okay. very obvious that crunchy is. The best chocolate bar in the Cadbury Favourites box. Why? It's because it has that honeycomb um, honeycomb texture inside the chocolate, which when you bite down, you can feel the... How
7: whoa, can I say it? F- the crunch?
5: How,
6: why why <laughs> crunchy? You can feel the crunch. Your
7: cherry Ripe's better. Everyone loves it.
5: You know, okay. you're not that big of a fan of old gold, right? No, no. You know Cherry Ripe is... The chocolate around it is dark chocolate.
7: But the inside is what it counts.
5: I have to admit, it is nice. It's got a bit of coconut in there as well. Yeah, it's a- coconut. I have to admit, the coconut. Coconut's
6: not that good.
5: But, but when it's mixing with a cherry, yeah, I respect your choice. Yes. yes. I respect your decision.
6: Okay, then what's your least favourite? Old gold. 100% <sighs> agreed.
5: Okay, what are some, what are some yeah. other ones on here? Yeah,
7: viewers, uh, no, listeners, could you hit, hit that like button if you think old gold's not good? Yeah. And and if you think it's good, still hit the like button.
6: <laughs> so just hit the like button.
5: So this is a podcast. I'm not too sure whether there's oh, a like oh, button. I'm
6: so sorry. I <laughs> thought it was a YouTube video. <laughs>
5: okay. No, no, that's okay. No. spread this w-
7: spread the word out. Old gold. Not too good. <laughs> not too good.
6: I have the third best chocolate bar. Third that best? You have to know. What's it's the, the flake. The
7: fl- <sighs> no, it, no, flake. It
6: melts in your mouth. It's just it's, it's just
7: so it's it's just some crumbed. Exactly. Chocolate. It's just That's it's just like you open it, no, no, it no. spills everywhere.
5: It's no, all the okay. s- it's all the scraps. So in the Cadbury factory, I went to the Cadbury factory in Tassie, and it's just all the scraps, and they just melt it together, and they just chuck it in one massive one massive log. That's a Flake bar. Really? It's scraps.
7: Did you take some scraps?
5: They do sell massive cheap bags of Freddos, but only what's well, all the Freddos that have defects. So you know, like Freddos whose oh, heads no. have been chopped off or something. Oh but no! But they're so cheap though. It's so good. So
6: but, like, even if um, it's not chopped up, it's still cheap, but they sell it at a higher price. So
5: I mean, that's true. I mean, what else do we have on here? We've got Flake. Yeah, I'm not sure why you like Flake. Oh, I like
6: Turkish Delight. Turkish Delight. Is, is it good? No. So nah. right,
7: just below like Cherry Ripe, you know. It's, yeah.
6: it's a s- near the same taste as Cherry Ripe, but it's not as good yeah. as Cherry Ripe.
5: Yeah, Turkish Delight and Cherry Ripe, they're sort of on the same wavelength when it comes to A lot of people dislike it and a lot of people do like it. I feel like it's one of those, one of those splitters, one of the things Jack, that splits. Yes. What do you
6: think about dairy, Dairy Milk?
5: They're just a Good. classic, original
6: yeah. chocolate, original
5: classic. <sighs> I feel like Dairy Milk is that it's that chocolate bar which is always just left in the Cadbury favourites box.
7: True. Always the last one. Like to right eat. now,
5: I'll, I'll. We've got one in front of us, listeners. Okay. I'm gonna pour this out. What have Whoa. we got in front of us? We've got. Oh my. Okay, we've got, so oh we okay, we've got two, milk. four, six, eight, chocolate? ten. Okay. Okay, we've got 13. Ew, old gold. And five of those are dairy milk.
6: Five over
7: 13 dairy milk chocolates. Five over
5: 13. Wow. Save the dairy milk, guys.
6: Very precious.
5: I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I love me a classic it's dairy milk.
6: At least it's better than old gold. Old gold, is, old gold is original chocolate. No, dark chocolate, which is even worse.
5: Gentlemen, should, would we like to divulge uh, ourselves? Cr- we've got a crunchy okay. for Vincent. Yeah, let's get that crinkled. Oh, got a cherry right for Augustine. I'm like I'll go for a Moro, you know? It's, got,
6: oh, Moro it's, is like, like it's like a like Mars Boost. bar. It's, yeah. no, it's like a Mars bar. I think it's also uh, got a bit
5: of caffeine in it, actually. Ca- I think it's got a slightly, a small amount of caffeine. Wait, Jack. Normally, how many old god would there be? How many? Yeah, in the box. In yeah, one box. Maybe, I think I've had two already, so I'll say four. So four.
7: Yeah. See, yeah. we already have like two old god left over. And most of
5: this, it's been eaten by Jack. <laughs>
7: so we can definitely say that old gold
6: it's
5: always left out. You should have a... Sa- what about old gold is old news? Oh. Yeah. yeah
7: very that, good, that's
5: good That's good. Okay. You check. Damn. Okay. I'm glad you appreciate that. Thanks, yeah. guys. I've been working on that for a while, so thank you. Well, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing the favourites of the Cadbury favourites box. Yep. The next time we'll have you in, we'll be sure to get a box of celebrations and discuss our (laughs) (laughs) favourites in the Celebrations box. Thank you,
6: Jack.
7: Sure. Thank you, Jack, for having us. No.
5: Thank you. My pleasure. I learnt a very interesting fact about pearls the other day. It turns out pearls can be found in a multitude of colours, not just white. These colours include, but are not limited to, black, grey, pink, purple, blue, yellow, green, brown and Orange. Speaking of pearls, it turns out that there was once a woman who was referred to as the Pearl of Scotland, and that woman is Margaret. Listener, you just witnessed my amazing segue into this week's Saint Snippet on Saint Margaret of Scotland. The feast day of Saint Margaret of Scotland is a few days after the release of this podcast on the 16th of November, and I, for one, would like to know a little bit more about St. Margaret before that day comes around. She was born many moons ago around the year 1045 to Princess Agatha of Hungary and to the English Prince Edward the Exile. But what was the English Prince Edward the Exile doing in Hungary? Well, inquisitive listener, let me say his name one more time, Edward the Exile. I repeat, Edward the Exile. I'll let you figure out why he was in Hungary. Anyhow, I'll quickly go over to the next few stages in Margaret's life. Margaret and her family went back to England. Margaret's dad died. Margaret's family fled from England on a boat. Margaret's family became shipwrecked in Scotland. Margaret and her family were placed under the protection of Malcolm, King of Scotland. Margaret and the King fell in love. And bim, bam, boom, Margaret is now Margaret, Queen of Scots. Apparently, Margaret had a great influence on Malcolm. She softened his temper, and he became a virtuous king because of her. Not only did Margaret promote arts and education in Scotland, but she constantly helped the poor and encouraged others to live a holy life through prayer, fasting, and readings of the scriptures. She also built many a church. It was her positive influence on Scotland and her kind demeanour that earned her title of the Pearl of Scotland. Then, in the year 1250, Pope Innocent IV canonised Margaret as a saint. Margaret, Queen of Scots, was no more, but in her place stood St. Margaret of Scotland. St. Margaret of Scotland is the patron saint of Scotland. There you go. It turns out the patron saint of Scotland wasn't even born in Scotland. Well... If you're planning on travelling to Scotland anytime soon, not only would I recommend packing a raincoat, but I would also suggest you thank St. Margaret for how glorious Scotland is today. Welcome to another off topic where two people have a conversation and try to steer the conversation towards the topic that they have been previously given. Today, our two competitors at the microphone are Elise and Dan. Elise, well. Best of luck. Your topic that you have to steer the conversation towards is Turkish delights.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, that seems doable.
5: That seems doable? Okay, well, (laughs) don't get too confident too early, (laughs) Liz. Don't get too confident too early. Elise has now left the room and we are joined by Daniel, our second competitor. Daniel, how are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling all those things.
5: That's a lot of things. It's which two things do it's a lot. yeah and they
0: contradict each other but that's
5: okay. Daniel, your topic that you have to steer the conversation towards is Daisy chains.
0: So the thing I need to talk about is Daisy, daisy chains. chains
5: exactly right. Now we will bring back Elise. Uh, both Elise and Daniel are now with us in the room. Daniel and Elise, the topic that we will be starting this conversation with is... The Cave of Altamira, which is a very nicely decorated cave in Spain. Let the conversation begin.
0: You see, uh, me gusta Español, and I also really enjoy the caves in Spain. They are really uh, quite beautiful places to visit, I would assume.
1: I think all of Spain is quite beautiful.
0: I would agree. I'd absolutely agree with you. I think I think focusing on the beauty in Spain and, and nature as a whole is the really... Uh, important thing to do now and then it's important to sort of get back to your roots sort of um so there were a lot of things that were wrong with say like sort of like the hippie movement where they used to go back into like do all sorts of things but getting back to nature or even like the ecology movement nature like
1: across all of europe not just spain but like every part of europe and i think there's so many countries in europe that are great that have great cuisines and um great (laughs)
0: Yes, and I would agree. There are there are many places in Europe that have great cuisines and have great, uh, uh, great, great, beautiful things to see. Uh, it's really important that you just stop to sort of uh, appreciate the little things. Uh, yeah, I think the
1: little s- things. Yeah, I agree. Go yeah. keep going. There's something about small,
0: small, beautiful uh, little items. Um,
1: yeah, small, beautiful little items that can be enjoyed. I, just
0: I agree because small, like beautiful, delicate items, uh, like. I it's think delightful
1: item, delightful, delicate item. I, I, I agree. It, it,
0: things that are small and delicate and delightful, um, like a flower, for example. It, it lasts such a short amount of time, and yet its beauty—you know what my favorite—radiates. What my is your favorite,
1: favorite flower? Is a rose.
0: Your favorite yeah. flower is it's a the rose. Smell of it. See, I'm more of a
1: I'm more of, a I'm more of I'm more
0: of a Daisy fan myself. I, I um. I I think with daisies, they are they. You can tie them all up together to make something even more amazing. Have we tried
1: rose water? You can do so much stuff with that. Rose rose water. It's been it's been turned into so many great things.
0: Like Turkish delight, (laughs) you (laughs) say? Well done. (laughs) You you're trying to go turkey way.
5: Well, there you have it, folks. Congratulations, Elise on the win of Off Topic and I think listener I think you've learned a couple different things in the recent Off Topics you've learned about some amazing things to see and taste in Europe not only do you have the wonderful Turkish delight in Turkey I believe but you also have the amazing the amazing towering Tower of Pisa which you can go and observe Louis was it in France was it it? Italy Italy? are you sure (laughs) I'm Pretty sure you said last week. Don't
4: know.
5: <laughs> anyhow, anyhow, France, Italy, it's there somewhere. Listener, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to the fourth episode of Grace Radio. Uh, I thought we had a great time. Elise, how can people get hold of us if they're interested?
1: If you want to join us to participate or ask any questions, you can email us at graceradio@evcard.org.au. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. And listen to us on Spotify or Anchor.
0: Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Grace Radio.